All right, welcome once again to Oilers Rig Radio. It's a special edition as uh, I'm, I'm joined by one of my former guests slash even kind of sort of co-hosts and a f- guy who was living out in Edmonton for a while, but, you know, he got to move home to Toronto. Paulie, how you doing, brother? Doing great, Sean. How are you? Well, the Oilers, I mean, we're, we're recording this during the Oilers-Islanders game, and they're down 2 nothing. so... I guess about average because that seems seems to be par for the course this this year. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, well, it's been tough pretty much since they got off to that pretty good start and kind of fell off the the wagon. Well, fell off or it was just it was inevitable. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's so frustrating. It's um, I traded one, you know, struggling team looking to find its way for another one, hoping that they would both kind of turn it around at the same time and. Half the plan seems to have worked out, but the Oilers just can't seem to make it work. Well, let's let's start with the other team. For the, okay. Let's okay. start there because um, um, I think they're going to be more fun to talk about because <laughs> <laughs> they actually have a shot. Like, this is a Canadian team that actually has a shot. I think they're a legitimate shot to win the title. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they can fix their defense between now and the deadline, but where I want to start off is is some of the signings. So let's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's been a while since you and I've spoken and, and, uh, yeah. you know, let's start with Nylander and work our way forward. So let, what did you think of the Nylander signing and, and the sort of a part two to that question is how was that received in Toronto? Um, I think it was, well, first of all, I think that they got a good player. Um, I, that's as the salaries go up in the NHL, I think he probably got somewhere around what he, what a player with his potential is worth. Now we can, you can argue the specifics over what, you know, the, the rumor in Toronto was that he was asking for like dry sidle style money as a winger, which I don't think anyone was happy or would have been happy with if he ended up at that high a number. And I think sort of the signing was once it happened, everyone was sort of like, well, that seems about right. Maybe a little on the high end, but why did we wait, you know, two months to get it done it was sort of the it was this what you know or very much in the in the toronto market is like we were sick of talking about it sick of hearing about it like i'm sure the rest of the country was um and then once it got signed it was sort of like oh that's all okay (laughs) so i think that he's a good player and i and it's nice to have good players as many talented players as you can have but i'll be interested to see if they can get the rest done um, I was much more interested with what Matthews ended up signing for. Uh, that seemed to create a little more conversation in, in, in this part anyway. So, yeah, that brings us to the, the Matthews and now, you know, moving towards the summer Marner. Uh, and, you, and you mentioned it, like, can they get it all done? Can they fit them under the cap? And then still also have enough pieces to fill a roster that'll contend, really. You know, um, the rumors, you know... And and I always take the rumors with a bit of a grain of salt because uh, Ryan Spooner was supposed to be unmovable, Cam Tablet was supposed to be unmovable, and you know the, your 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 opinion on the return may vary, right? Um, mm-hmm. But then the rumors have been that Marner is asking for Matthews like money and Tavares like sure. money, <clears throat> and statistically, I mean it's hard; it would be hard to argue argue with them. Yeah, it would be. I I think that. Uh, I think he's going to get 10 if I'm guessing, you know, just, just from, 
if you're reading the tea leaves for what he's meant to this this team and the points that he's able to put up and you know I, I he's been consistently get he's consistently gotten better each year he's played which sort of leads me to believe that he's on an upswing as opposed to you know uh, an apparition of, of talent um, I think if the Leafs could get him done anything under that they'd probably be happy and they'd probably be put themselves in a half decent spot because to be perfectly honest with you, I think that Matthews left money on the table because I think that he's smart enough to know that in five years he could be worth even more. So this might not be the home run contract that he needs for his career. No, because you know, in five 11, years, how old is he? Five years, he'll be 27, I think. Oh, yeah, he's going to, I mean. Or tw- like like 27, he'll be, he'll be still south of 30, I bl- I, if I'm, I'm fairly certain, which, you know, I you're at that point you're coming into the peak of your career even if he signed another five-year deal he he wouldn't even have to sign an eight-year deal and he could still probably get you know that percentage of cap money as opposed to you know he took he took slightly more than Tavares is making and I think everybody in well uh, in my circle of of friends who some some are more connected than others Mm -hmm. uh, but there there seemed to be a little bit of uh oh I, I sort of expected McDavid money even though you know there's no doubt Connor McDavid is head and shoulders the best player on the planet. I think that there was a lot of conversation about him pushing for that percentage of cap with the cap going up next year and that and and this and that. But so I think that Nylander cost them a little more than they wanted. I think Marner is going to cost them a little more than they expected. Mm-hmm. And Matthews, I think they're pretty happy going, okay, that's signing another Tavares-like contract with the, with the cap going up. Actually, I think makes it possible to have all three. <clears throat> so would you say Leafs fans are optimistic based on the signings? I think Leafs fans are always somewhat um, tempered in their optimism. <laughs> I think that <laughs> there's been many years of, uh, of, of disappointment around the team, but I would say like there's excitement, uh, you know, because we get to talk about, you know, uh, Jake Muzzin is a great example and I'm, I'm going to go a little bit off of the beaten path here, but in previous years, if the Leafs were a bubble team and uh, like a, a, a team that might make a wild card spot might sneak into number eight in the conference. They assigning like Jake Muzzin and everyone would be like kind of losing their minds. Oh, we finally got this defenseman. We got a top four defenseman. We got this, we got that where this year it's sort of like, yeah, that's a nice piece. That's a good player. You know? And I think that the expectation that has come along with, with some of the talent that we've seen has helped to sort of, um, make sort of expectations a little more realistic mm-hmm. in the sense that we're getting good players. We, we continue to see improvement each year. And then if they can find a way to get out of the first round this year, I think that's where people might start to get really excited. You know, I think right now it's kind of a wait and see. Yes, we have talented players. Yes, they're playing better, you know, better and better. And, you know, that is really exciting. It's certainly a fun building to be in a fun team to watch. So there's a lot of excitement around, but I think, you know, all Leaf fans sort of go, okay, show me what's next. <laughs> Cause they're always a little concerned. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's uh, I, I, you know, as an Oilers fan, obviously I can understand that. And right now um, I have to admit I'm shell shocked. Cause every time I hear, Oh, there's been a trade. I think, Oh, 
What have they gotten them? And actually, I have to say the last, the last two. We'll get to that later. But the last two deals, I'm, I'm okay with. Um, <clears throat> so I'm gonna two more Leafs questions. I'm just curious because how yeah. how teams are perceived outside of a market, inside of a market, are always completely different, right? For sure. Um, Tavares, as mm-hmm. expected. Uh, uh, yeah, I think as expected, potentially even better than expected, really. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's certainly a benefactor of how well Marner has played, but he's also, he also gives Marner a legitimate shooter and a legitimate presence in front of the net that, um, the Leafs just, they, they didn't have outside of someone like Matthews, who's a big body who, who doesn't mind scoring some gritty goals. Um, but Tavares is, uh, yeah, better than advertised. I think everyone knew he was a superstar, but, there's something about long Island where, where players can get lost a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and he's, he's come in and done exactly what, you know, he can do as, as a superstar He's really shown how good he can be. And under a tremendous amount of pressure, like he's was the, was uh, one of the largest sort of marquee names for, for the free agent class of uh, last year. And for him to come into a market like this, which is one of the more rabid and more, you know, pressure soaked environments. He's, he's been unbelievable. Okay. So I lied. So there's going to be two more questions. Now I said two more, but okay. actually yeah. going to be there. So, uh, cause on that note, I, I'm curious yeah. if you pulled your group of Leafs fans right now, like your immediate group sure. of, of friends that are, are Leafs, uh, Leaf, uh, whatever, Leaf fan, Leafs fan, sorry. Yeah. Who would they say is the best player on the team? I, I think it's Marner. Uh, like, like for this, if we're talking this season, right now, you asked, you asked them right, right now. now. Yeah. I think that, you know, um, Matthews, uh, has had a little bit of injury trouble early in the year, which, you know, doesn't seem to slow down his goal scoring, but sort of takes him out of the conversation a little bit sometimes. Um, Tavares has been, has done John Tavares things, score goals and, and be a leader and, and, and play well. But I think Marner's been so much better than people had anticipated and again, he's he's a good player that I think everyone expected to be good, but he's been there's been nights for the Leafs where he is head and shoulders above everybody else on the ice. And it's been so blatant that like his effect on the team. I think that if you were to ask that would be that that would be sort of number one. And I think honestly a, a number two or maybe even a one A would be Frederick Anderson. The guy's played great for the Leafs this year. Um, he's managed again, he's played well over the last uh, two seasons, get with their playoff runs and whatnot. Um, but this year he seems to have cleaned up some of those messy goals that he was letting in for the most part. And there are games where he's just been spectacular because the Leafs certainly, uh, they're not the most defensive minded team (laughs) in the league. Uh, and he's had to, he's had to play defense more often than maybe uh, a coach would like, but um, in my, if, if I'm sort of polling my friends and the conversation around here is Marner and, and Anderson, you know, isn't that incredible? I guess this is another question. So I'm going to stop promising more and less questions, but it's kind of incredible that you said Marner. Cause if you, I guess, and again, bring outside the market, right. Mm-hmm. And I understand like he's been lights out this year, but if you coming even last summer, if people would have said a team that had Austin Matthews and John Tavares, that Leafs fans, some Leafs fans would be saying Mitch Marner is the best player on the team. Yeah. I mean, that would have been jaw dropping, not drop. Maybe that's an extreme way of putting it, but it, it would have been surprising. 
No, I don't, I don't think that that's that like jaw dropping. I don't think is that far fetched. You know, again, I think it's just a, if we're talking about this moment, this season, this team, I think he's been their most consistent player. Um, and, and I don't think anyone expected he could put up the number of points because like for right now, he's almost doing what he was doing in junior, you know, in the sense of just being involved in every play Mm -hmm. being like every time he's on the ice, he's, he's, his passing is, and his vision are, are next level. And for, you know, he's just having one of those years where kind of everything's working. Leafs fans are going to say that you're going to hate me saying this though, but it, and it'll never happen anyway. But man, yeah. would it be fun? You know, maybe in an, in an international competition to see McDavid mm-hmm. and Marner together. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Oh, it would be unreal. It would be um, just the the vision of those two players, and and of course McDavid's speed and the fact that he can just do everything at top speed with somebody with with a a, a passer like a Marner next to him. It it would be unreal. <laughs> you know, it's like they're they're. They would need, like, in my opinion, they'd need a, a heater, or a big guy on the on the wing to that could maybe keep up with them and keep them. Well, we got a, a boat safer, anchor here but... for another four years after this year that we can throw out there with them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it doesn't have to do much; just make sure they don't get hurt, right? That's uh, pretty, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, last Leafs questions because I'm pretty sure the Oilers yeah. fans have already turned. Oh, the Oilers just scored! Hold on, hold on, who got it? Okay, got... Oh. Chris Russell. Oh, there you go. Oh wow, the... well, that's an unexpected one. Uh, but I'll take it. Anyway, <laughs> so it's 2-1 against the aisle, even though this is not live and you'll be listening to it after the game. So anyway, uh, last Leafs, last Leafs question. Sure. Oh, before I ask you the last Leafs question, did you, can you see what sticker that is up there? Uh, I can see the paw. I can't really read the text there. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a sticker that we got the fish, finish line at the, oh. the Grizzly Altar in Canmore. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I figured it was Grizzly related with the paw on there, but I couldn't read the text. And just That's so awesome. listeners who don't know, uh, Paul once just gutted it out, uh, 55K run up and down a mountain in Canmore. He had eight hours to finish, in it, or is it nine? Like it was eight or nine hours to finish, and he got across with like two minutes to spare. It was awesome. <laughs> And anybody yeah, thinks, well, so. you know, that's kind of shitty. They don't understand. Like, you literally run up and down a mountain all day. The fact that he yeah, gutted it out and finished, it was, it was phenomenal. And I was glad to be there to see it. Anyway, last Leafs question. <clears throat> Do you think they are a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? Uh, I think that in the Eastern Conference, you have to go through Tampa Bay. And I don't think the Leafs match up well. Uh, and again, it's, it's, it's that... Uh, it's a, it's a struggle that Oilers fans know. Well, it's that defensive position. Mm-hmm. Um, the Leafs have been very good this year. Uh, you know, their, their defense took a lot of sort of criticism in the off season and they came in and played well. Um, I think adding a guy like Muzzin is a good, is, is what is what they needed, but I don't think it's good enough to beat that Tampa Bay team with guys like Hedman on that back end. Uh, and I, and honestly, like, as well as Anderson's played, I'd probably give the nod to Vasilevsky. The guy's unbelievable. Uh, where I think that the offense is kind of a saw. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of talent on the front end of both those teams, and I think that on any given night, either of those teams could light you up. But if if you know defense still wins championships, regardless of you know um, what era of hockey we're playing in, mm-hmm. uh, between Vasilevsky and a, de- and a defense core that's anchored by Hedman. I still think Tampa Bay is the team you got to go through. Uh, I think the Leafs could, 
could make it interesting for them. <laughs> uh, I think they could, you know, depending on who they, they catch in the first round, um, they still don't match up really great with Boston, which is a little bit head, head scratching because they're a lot faster than, than that, than that Boston team. However, if they match up with them in the first round, it's a little bit of a toss up, uh, you know, but I think the Eastern conference goes through Tampa Bay and right now the Leafs, I don't think compete with that team. Fair enough. Well, every t- other team looks like a Stanley Cup contender from my vantage point. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to move to the Oilers, and, and once again, I have to say thank you for even agreeing to talk about. I'm spending some time on yeah. a Saturday, <laughs> and one guy I really want to get your opinion on because I I know when we've done podcasts together in the past, you you're uh, a guy that really watches goalies. Mm-hmm. Koskinen, thoughts? You know. I think that he, um, to be, uh, first and foremost, I think he has the tools to be a good goalie. He's, he's got a very calm mentality. He, he's not incredibly overactive in the net. Um, so I like, like watching him play. I like his game and I like how kind of unfazed he is. And I think that a lot of goalies, if you think about like guys like Carey Price, you know, um, I'll, I'll use Anderson, even though I probably wouldn't put him in the Carey Price category as far as echelon, but they're very calm goalies. They're very, uh, very relaxed when you watch them. Um, they don't move around a tremendous amount. They don't overreact and they don't sort of lose their minds when they're getting scored on. Um, and I like that about Koskinen. What I think, you know, I, I think that he is one of a bunch of guys that are not playing well on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do find the decision to sign him an interesting one. Um, after only having seen, you know, a quarter's worth of, work or a third of a season's worth of work. Mm. I found that very interesting. It, it pretty much put the writing on the wall that Calvert was uh, on the way out the door, which we, we saw. Um, but uh, I think Koskinen can be a good goalie. I, I would be concerned about him being a number one. So I think that in the off season, that's got to be something that they're looking at if they're going to split that duties, if they're you know, thinking of a one and one a scenario. But I gotta say, as a as a you know relatively recent Oiler fan, um, that is concerning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and particularly if I compare it to the team that I you know grew up watching, and um, Anderson's been such a calming force for this team, and and gotten better over the last three years. I remember the years of James Reimer being that one A. You know, not quite good enough to be a full time starter, but not you know not certainly better than your average backup. Mm-hmm. That didn't spell a tremendous amount of success, and I think if you look around the league, there's not very many teams that are doing the two goalie system that are winning regularly. So I have my concerns about Koskinen. I do think that he can be a good goalie, and you know, this time next year we might be talking about how how little they're spending on their goalie and how well he's playing. And you know, obviously as a fan of the team, I hope so. <laughs> well, and and, and Koskinen's a you know a good jumping off point to the next thing I want to ask you about. So the Oilers have made two trades. In the last, you know, forty-eight hours, um, I think you'd be surprised how some people are receiving them here in Edmonton, or maybe not, because we're a pretty negative fan base in general. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know, as somebody who didn't think, and I've said it on this podcast, who did not think they'd be able to get much more than a late-round pick for Talbot based on the numbers he's put up over the last two seasons and the mm-hmm. contract, uh, to get a live body that's mm-hmm. youngish at twenty-five, and you know he's got. Uh, his career save percentage is over 900. I mean, he doesn't have lights out numbers. I'm not 
suggesting he's the second coming of Dominic Hassock or anything like that. But they get a live body who looks like he could be a backup. You know, uh, and the cap hit's not that bad. I thought they did all right. I thought they did all right on that trade. And then the one that they pulled off, uh, was it this morning, getting Sam Gagne for Ryan Spooner, I thought, well, Spooner's not doing anything for you. The cap hits a wash. Why don't you need a right-handed shot? Somebody you can help out on the power play. Can Gagne do it? I don't know. I don't know how much uh, coverage he got in the Toronto market playing for the Marlies, but uh, what did you think of those those moves? Uh, so, um, the Talbot move, I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I think that he's, uh, he's had his challenges. Um, and I didn't, I, I thought with, you know, his contract status being what it is, I didn't expect much more than that. So the fact that you get a goalie who's had, you know, some injury trouble and maybe some consistency issues, um, you're you need to have a backup goalie that can play there's no chance that um Koskinen is playing every game to finish the season out so you need somebody who's nhl ready who who can step in there uh i think they got that and you you're hoping that it turns out to be something a little bit more you're hoping Koskinen can shoulder the load and 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 you know turn into an nhl quality goalie mm-hmm. and you know so, I, yeah, I tend to agree. I was expecting, you know, fourth, fifth round pick mm-hmm. uh, just with the numbers and the contract, right? It's, I think Cam Talbot's a good goalie. I, I, I really do. I'm, I'm, it's unfortunate that it didn't work out. But if you look, if you think back to that year that they went to the playoffs, he was very good. Um, he, he's, he's, a good he's been a good goalie in this league. I think he will be a good goalie again. But there's <laughs> to steal something from, uh, from the president over there, there might be something in the water when it comes to the goaltending situation there. <laughs> Uh, I, I just hope that we don't have another Dubnik on our hands where he goes over to Philadelphia and drags them into the playoffs, particularly since I have to deal with them in the Eastern Conference now as well. Um, yeah, well. <laughs> as far as uh, as far as Gagne goes, I think you know what you're getting with, with that kind of player. He's had a track record of, of, uh, of playing in the league. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a wash, but if what you're doing is not working now, you got to try something. You like the right-handed shot, uh, but it's got to be hard because you know it feels like you're feels like in a lot of ways the team's going backwards. So it's it becomes very challenging. I can imagine you know fans who have been in that market for a long time having to see over and over again the you know two steps forward, four steps back, one step forward, three steps back. Uh, it's having having gone through that many years here as well. It it, it can become incredibly frustrating, and then every single move you make, every single thing you do becomes, well, how is this going to screw us this time? <laughs> yeah, I think with I mean the way I look with the Gagne deal, uh, I remember him being here and being generally a pretty well for what you heard of him. I don't know him; I've never mm-hmm. talked to him, but you heard he was a pretty good guy, pretty good teammate. You know, I know he was pretty good with the fans. There's been a couple of write-ups about him today on, in that way. And, you know, and he was able to produce uh, middling offense, you know, 15 goals, 40 points, that kind of guy, which given the current makeup of the Oilers, if he can get 15 goals and 40, 40, start, 40, 40 points, you're a friggin' superstar on this well, team. Well, that's kind of it. Right? Uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, Particularly with a team that struggles, it, you know, when it's McDavid, Dreisaitl, and then other, you know, maybe maybe he can help to 
create some of that mid-level scoring and and make teams you know at least have to consider a different line because <laughs> right now you know right now it's like well mcdavid mm-hmm. and everybody else and, and you know i still think dry is a really great player i think that i still think there's some there's some talent on that team i just the, the the pieces they've chosen to surround that talent have just not done the job. No. Um, one thing I, I, I won't mention, the name I won't mention on the podcast anymore is our former GM. <laughs> you know, you, you read comments and you hear it on the radio, people calling in and, and other people you talk to, they keep on a, wanting to bash that guy. Well, he's gone. Did he leave yeah. a, a god off like a Mike Milburian type mess? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's gone. So it's what are you going to do now? One of the comments I read on, I think it was on Oilers Nation, was some guy was ripping the team on the Spooner trade. And then there was another commenter replied to it, and I loved his response. He basically said, Well, what were you expecting? Spooner for Crosby? Right, yeah. Like the only way they were, the only way they're moving Spooner is with a sweetener, maybe a third round pick and they have to pick up some salary. Right now, it's mm. just it's a wash on the salary. And you, you, you have, uh, you know, you've got about, about a quarter season to see if Gagne can get back to, like, any sort of NHL-type level. I, I think, what the heck, you might as well give it a shot, right? So, uh, And you have to do something. And, and, again, are you, you know, you'd have, to, you'd have to inform me on their cap situation, but... If you're if you're taking cap back, you're putting yourself even further in the hole, mm-hmm. right? If 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 this year's a write off, which you know I think by all intents and purposes, just you know they're right is, up against the cap, then, like as as depressing yeah. as that is. So so there so you know then to to even say well, yeah, like send Spooner away, take some cap space back. Well, we, if you don't have that luxury, then you know you're you, yes, it might feel like we're shuffling some deck chairs, but you know hopefully one of these damn things is comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause you, you have to do something. Um, and you have to, and at the end of the day, you got to put an NHL team on the ice. You know, you, you want to, you want to give some hope to those talented players in that room and say, look, we know it's not working. We're going to try and do something. We're going to try and change it around here. Cause if, if you pull a Buffalo from a couple of years ago or a Maple Leafs from, you know, three years ago and, and you're, you're throwing out the, uh, AHL and ECHL affiliates mm-hmm. each night and calling them an NHL team. Well, it gets, that gets very draining very fast too. I'm going to be curious to see what their season ticket renewals are like. I really am. I'm really going to be curious to see. Cause I wonder it, it when you read the comments, when you hear the guys calling to the radio station, it seems like the frustration is about as high as it's ever been. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the reality is as long as the team is making money, there's no real pressure to change. So, yeah, well, I mean, at, we it's same was the same thing out here for quite some time until, well, until really they, they, they shook the foundation of, of what it was that, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs had office, what it was to be, to be making those decisions, right? And, and bringing in a guy like Shanahan, he, you know, in a lot of ways, there's a little bit of luck involved, right? But he he had a plan. They stuck to that plan, and and, and it worked out here. Uh, I feel like in Edmonton, there there's something systematic that is that is holding it up. And I, I don't I don't know if it's as simple as I don't think you can blame one GM or one coach or one you know um, 
regime of management when you have an owner who is an, a complete mark for those 80s teams, continues to hire his buddies. Well, you got to look at it this way. Three, two of <laughs> the former general managers are still in the front office. Right. And so there's, so something has to change at that level. Or, or, or a mindset has to change or, or, or an approach has to change because for whatever reason, it's, it's not working. And, you know, I, I don't think that the, the franchises are all that different if we're, if we're comparing, you know, Leafs and, and Oilers. The Leafs had a terrible season. They get a franchise-level player. They, they start to put some pieces around and they get better faster than expected. The Oilers, you know, have years of struggle same as the Leafs they get a they get a franchise player a generational type talent and for one reason or another the the pieces that they've put in and around him don't aren't doing the job aren't uh, helping to create that change it looked so great that first year or second year I should say first year they made the playoffs um it 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 looks like they had something there and for whatever reason it's just there's no consistency and the moves they made just seem to keep compounding the problem. Okay. Well, two more for you and then I'm going to let you go. Cause I know yeah. it's uh nine o'clock there. <laughs> um, That's all right. Still watching the game. So we'll be up for a bit. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. the last two. So then this next one's an easy one. I'm, I'm throwing you a softball. Okay. okay. You become the next general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. Fix it. This is <laughs> 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 yeah, it's totally easy. Um, Wow. I think uh, there's two things that they need to do, uh, in my opinion. And it's, it's, I think Dreisaitl absolutely has to be a center iceman. And I think that you need to find somebody that can either play consistently with him or consistently with McDavid. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Nugent Hopkins is, is a solid player. He's been quality. But they, for whatever reason when we move dry away from McDavid, he's not able to drive a line. And I don't know if that's just the stop and start. I don't know if they don't have the right guy with him, but I think outside of Nugent Hopkins, they need somebody who can help to either be lights out with McDavid and just find that chemistry and, 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 you know, put up a quadrillion points because he's skating alongside the best player on the planet mm-hmm. or someone that can really, that can settle in with, uh, dry and let him be, a centerman and let him drive a line because I think that it's a recipe. It's a, it's a recipe for disaster to have those two guys consistently playing on the same line. I just don't think that they're, uh, I don't think that leads to too much depth and then teams can just stop them. Right. Teams can focus on one line. And I think that's part of the problem because even at that McDavid still makes tremendous plays. He's still unbelievable. It's like Oilers lose, but McDavid does something spectacular and everyone's jaws hit the floor. If they could just spread out that scoring just a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think it would make a huge difference. And then I think that they need some, uh, they, they need help in the, uh, on defense. Uh, I, I like a lot of the defense, but none of them can move the puck. That's exactly, exactly it. If they, even if, even if the next veteran they go after is, um, I, and I, I, again, I don't know contract um, availability or anything like that, but if I was, if a guy like Mike Green, a little bit older, you know, near the end of his career, but can move the puck really well, can be a calming force, that's that's a type of guy 
because you know you have guys like like I think Darnell Mitchell is a nice defenseman. I think that there's guys back there that that know how to play the game. They just they need someone. They need a calming influence who doesn't play the game that they they do. You know, like Chris Russell is a guy that's frustrating for me because you know he's he's a uh, he's a um, has those intangibles. He's got that it factory block shots. He does all those things that guys love, but you know his the analytics guys hate him. So I understand why hockey guys love to have him around. And I understand the idea of him as a veteran to help calm the back end, but he does a lot of what their other defensemen can do. He's just older at doing it <laughs> yeah. as opposed to getting a guy that can skate a little bit, can pass the puck really well, even, you know, and, and if you can get someone as a veteran, that's not going to cost you an arm and a leg, you know, that's in my opinion, those are the two player moves they can make. And then other than that, uh, I don't know, start drinking filtered water. I don't know, put the put the tap water through the Brita two or three times. and You know, I bet you, like, he probably, right after it came out of his mouth, he was probably like, ah, oh, shit, I, oh, that's, that's going to come back to bite me. Because there's shirts around town, hey? You see guys wearing shirts, it's like it's in the water. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, like, it was almost within 24 hours. They were selling them oh, online man. and... Um, yeah, well, I I would agree with everything that you said, and you know you have a better, well, more thought out plan than I did because my my suggestion was to get uh, Anthony Greco. Do you know who that is? Uh, I don't know. He's the guy who won the any uh, the AHL's uh, fastest skater competition at their All Star oh. game. He's a right <laughs> okay, winger. Yes. And I yes. thought, hey, we can because we don't have any cap space, we could probably fit him because you have he'd probably be making six or seven hundred grand. Yeah. Right, he's a he's a he's a twenty nine goal guy down in the AHL. So what if he if he gets us fifteen? We're laughing. Just tell him to put his head down and go to the net. Yeah. <laughs> he might be able to catch McDavid. Well, you know he beat McDavid's <laughs> time. Oh, that's that's crazy. See, but here's the thing. I think McDavid is much like a sprinter. He only went as fast as he had to to win. Oh, he didn't even look like he was trying. Like he does, he like he didn't. It didn't even look like he broke a sweat. Well, this Anthony Greco, I would when 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 we hang up, look look it up on YouTube. You can tell he had a strategy. <laughs> he you could tell he totally had a strategy because even the way he was like, you'll see it. The way he was holding his arms and dragging, like he had a strategy on how he was going to get around that rink as like with the shaving like as much time off as possible. So I would well, say your you know, solution for fixing the Oilers is probably uh, probably the better one. <laughs> Um, I just don't know how you move some of those contracts. I really don't. But I didn't think they could move Spooner, and I didn't think they, they'd get as much for Talbot, so what the hell do I know? Well, and, you know, if, if again, if we use the comparison, because the two teams that I follow are the Leafs and the Oilers, David Clarkson was a contract that nobody that thought people thought was immovable, and they found a way to move it, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they, they, they've managed to saddle themselves with some pretty horrible contracts and, and found a way out from underneath it. So, you know... That's it can be done, and I'm I'm hopeful because I I would I just want to see a world where there are you know Edmonton Oilers and Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs in the same year. You know I might have to just you know uh, put the caution tape around the TV, set up a little snack zone, and just never leave because that would be near perfect. Because on the Eastern Conference nights, I could watch my Leafs, and on the Western Conference nights, I could watch my Oilers, and it would be wonderful. Okay, so I'm so dreaming of the day. I was going <laughs> to have one more question for you, but of course, I just thought of another one. So this one's real quick, though, and honestly, real quick. Yep. In a bizarro world, 
where the Leafs, not that the Leafs making the final is that bizarre with the talent that they have, but if they were to meet the Oilers in the final, you yes. would cheer for the Leafs, wouldn't you? Because, I mean, that's your boyhood would, team, yes. right? That is the team that I grew up in. I would have to cheer for them. Um, but I would be, I wouldn't be as heartbroken if they lost to the Oilers. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I, I'll say this. If the Oilers and the Leafs may, did make the, make the finals, I would yeah. be so thrilled because the Oilers actually made the damn playoffs. I don't even, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I don't have to worry about who are the top five. Like, I'm already thinking, now I'm starting to look at the draft rankings, thinking, hmm, who are we getting this time? Right? <laughs> who are we getting? Who are we going to get this time that we're going to completely mess up the early part of their career until they get the hell out of here? <laughs> so, last question for you, Paul. Uh, I'm, I'm ready, just, and I'm very curious about this. Obviously, I live in the Oilers market, so I, you know, I hear and I listen to sports radio and I read the blogs. And what is the perception of the Oilers outside of Toronto? Is it is it like they're happy to take shots because they won the McDavid lottery and it hasn't gone well? Is it like, wow, that's tough? Like, I mean, just what is the perception of the team outside? I, I really think that it's beyond the point of poking fun at now. I think that in the, uh, you know, Eberle, Hall, Nugent Hopkins draft years was like, well, Oilers get first round pick again and screw it up. Ha ha. We knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then McDavid comes along and you go, oh, wow, that like that is talent. That is something that we don't see very often. And everyone goes, okay, we like this kid's going to be able to do it by himself. And then when even that, even someone as talented as that can't make it happen, I think it's more of a, oh no, you know, and, and I don't, I don't know any other way to put it other than I, I feel like it's, it's almost, you almost feel bad ragging on it because you know what the potential could be there with, with such a talented player. And I think that, you know, for, for the rest of the country, it's like, let's just see if they can sort it out. You know, let's, let's, it's, Oilers are at it again, but, you know, it, it's a little sadder each time, if that makes enough sense. Well, that makes perfect sense. And Paul, with that, that's the last question. I wanted to uh, stick around after we hang up here. I'm going to, I'm going to just talk to you personally before we, before we go, but. Absolutely. Um, thanks for doing this and, and being part of the show again. You probably thought once you got on that plane to go home to Toronto, you're like, ah, it's great. I won't have to do that stupid podcast anymore, but. <laughs> Oh, no, I love being on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, you know, I don't sound too much like a dummy. A little bit like a dummy is okay, but a lot like a dummy, and I think you might be losing some listeners. So, Well, <laughs> it's not like we have a ton of listeners to begin with, and you can't sound stupider than I do. So, I mean, you come on here to feel smart. That's what you do, right? That's right. Anthony Greco, that's Perfect. my solution to fix the team. Go out and get him. I don't even know what AHL team he plays for. I think it's Florida's farm team, but. He's my guy. I'm going to get a Greco jersey, a Greco Edmonton Oilers jersey. I like it. And it'll be funny to me and me only. Um, so with that, that comes to the, we're coming to an end. Paul, thanks for doing this. And I want to say this uh, uh, before we stop recording here. Um, you've been missed. I went on a run today. It would have been nice to have you out there. Running the stairs just isn't the same. Uh, next time I'm in Toronto, obviously we'll hang out, but I don't think for a minute I'm not going to want to go and hit the trail. So... Absolutely. I, I, I know some good ones around here, and we'll uh, we'll find some stairs. Don't worry. Awesome. Well, Paul, thanks for doing this. I'm going to stop recording now, but thanks again. All right. Thanks, Sean.